Because, like, if we do this and then I've got, like, a preambling, like, oh, wait, I should start the show or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know right now that you're like, fuck, what do I got to say? But that's perfectly. What, what are we going to talk about this week? You know what I mean? You got something? I got something. You got something? I've got something. I've been playing games, bro. Oh, mad. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the intro. Yeah, yeah. Ding. What I can't even remember what our intro is. It's the sick guitar one for this show. Yes. Look. You're not going to welcome us to the show? Oh, yeah, I've got to do that. G'day and welcome to Bums on the Bench. My name is Jacko and with me is one guest this week. I have bought someone very, very special. This is... This is a man some of you have heard of. This is a man some of you have interacted with. And for a very, very small portion of the human population sexually interacted with, it is my brother, a very good friend of mine, Andrew. How are you, mate? Yeah, all right. I thought you were going to call me Luke then. I was just like, oh, shit. No, no, no. Luke, Luke, Luke's a fascinating individual. That He's a man of depth. He's a man of character. He's a man of intrigue. He's also a man that should never be allowed on any form of public broadcasting software that has ever been invented by this human race. No, I agree. I'm, I'm scared for the fact we got front row seats to the footy game this, this year. Is, this is a man whose opinions should be kept primarily to himself. I agree. Uh, today, Andy, I don't want to talk about sports. Neither. I want to talk about another love of mine, which is playing a copious amount of Vidi games. And I tell you what, man, that boy Mario, he sure do jump. He does jump. He does jump. So, you play video games for most of your life, which is... Yes, 31 years. And I've played video games for the majority of my life, which is also about 31 years. Yeah. Let's start with some history. What was the very first console or very first video game thing you ever did? Dad had an original Nintendo Entertainment System. With Super Mario Brothers 3, Duck Hunt. There was a racing game that I can't remember the name of. And there was something else. Oh, it was a Kung Fu game. Uh, I remember playing those. Those were f- That's what got me into gaming. So your dad. So dad, 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 dad had the console. Dad, dad had the console and I played it a bunch. Once I, you know, not beca- became not slow. Yeah. yeah. Once, <laughs> once, I, once I figured out what thumbs were. Pretty much, yeah. Once you could figure out how to manipulate this thing, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm into this. Yeah. So it was different from my family. Neither of my, neither of my parents were big video gamers. However, both my parents were very different people. My mom's super, super practical. Everything should be about work and what you're doing. Yeah. Where dad has always been like the chiller. It's always about relaxing. So I have very interesting interplay between my parents, which meant dad was super into anything that the kids could do that they enjoyed. Yeah. Which means dad bought... I think I was six. So year 2000, we got a Nintendo 64. That's nice. what began it in my family. Also, lots of cousins too. They they were Nintendo guys as well. Mm-hmm. So we got the Nintendo 64, and I think we had the, the classic hits of GoldenEye 64. Oh, classic. One of, the be- one of the best shooters of all time. However, what's super interesting about that is, remember the Nintendo 64 controller? It was ridiculous. It had three prongs, but you played with the middle two. It was so weird. And it had one directional stick, which means the aiming was you would stand still, hold a button, and then your joystick would become the cursor. Yep. Yep. As a kid, we were all very good at killing each other with it. We recently bought the Nintendo 64 back out to play it. I don't know how we hit a fucking thing. 
Because we're so used to two joysticks. Now. Two joysticks and like that controllable aim. Yeah. I also remember early, early days for car trips, my brother and I got a Game Boy Color each. Now, he had the lime green one and I had like the cerulean blue teal nice. sort of thing. And which Pokemon games did you have? Because that's the only reason you get a Game Boy. What did we start with? Blue, red or yellow? It wasn't yellow. I think we had blue and red. Because yellow was the one that was based off the, the TV show. And it let you have Pikachu follow you around. Which was not revisited by Nintendo for like 35 fucking years. And then they brought out Pokemon <laughs> Let's Go, which was a remake of Pokemon Yellow. Yeah, which, w- which was really good. So yeah, Pokemon originally. Um, and I, I remember like there was a Quidditch game. Was it? That was on Game Boy Advance that we played there. with the SPs. Um, but we had that. But also, like, weird things about that console. The screen wasn't backlit. So you remember the little attachments you could buy for your Nintendo? Yeah, we had, like, the fucking the... game lights and shit. Yep. So we had that. Um, and then, I guess the story of video gaming in my family is directly related to my little brother, which was at a very... I'm talking, like, toddler age. He was diagnosed with a really, really serious form of cancer. And the treatment took 14 years. So... Mm. Without revealing too much about who we are as people, that was a combination of medicine, surgery, and and chemical options. So my little brother spent nearly a decade in hospital, on and off, mm. but more time in hospital than outside of it. And he was really, really sick, which meant the only thing he could really do was play like games. He, yeah. So for me growing up, my life revolved around doing school through the week and then driving four hours every Friday to Sydney. To see, to see my little brother and the only thing we would do together is play video games yeah which has led to both himself and me at the start of this year where he's now a dad and i'm a 30 year old child mm. to this day we still find time every week to sit down and play video games physically next to each other like i take my laptop down and we sit next to each other mm. and we play some games i think i got serious about playing games because or really Around sort of the PS2. So my brother was, again, really sick. So he was given a Starlight Wish. And part of that was to buy some gaming accessories. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So we got a, a PlayStation 2 when they were relatively new. And I'm yeah, talking I like got, the old Chunky. Yeah, yeah. I've got my old Chunky upstairs. Yeah. Which, well, do you want to go into that? Because I have pretty much a retro gaming thing upstairs. Because you kept everything. And that's the big I, difference between me and you. I have to keep it for some reason. Like my brain's just like, no, keep it. This could be worth money. Years down the track, I've got an original Xbox, PS2, PS3, Xbox 360, my Xbox One, my Xbox Series X, my PS4, uh, Wii, not Wii, Switch. I've got a Nintendo Switch. I've got my old Game Boys upstairs. If it's a video game console, I probably own it. Yes, from what we would call post-video game bubble bust. Yes. So, you know, you know you, we're not talking like Commodore 64s or anything, but... The, the second wave of gaming, so mm. PlayStation, Nintendo onwards. The only thing I'm really pissed about is my original PlayStation 1 was broken by my sister. I also had an original PlayStation 1, but we never bought it. It was kind of like... That era of gaming was really, really weird, right? Where there were aspects of the culture that it had always been like this nerd big mm. thing, but there were plenty of people when video games first became popular who kind of went to in on it bought all the things and then we're like, and it's not for us. You know what yeah. I mean? Gaming today, I don't meet kids who aren't into some form of a gaming in some way. Yeah. It is Fortnite or Roblox, of course. But when we were young, what were the those bigger viral games? So the first one in memory for me, which was like 
massively mm. huge and changing all kind of happened 2006, 2007. So Halo. Halo? Halo 3 was big. Call Ge- of Duty, Gears Modern of War. Warfare. Gears of War for me was big because I was an Xbox yep. kid. And Minecraft. Minecraft wasn't 2006. It was a little bit later. It was what, yeah, 2009? 2008, 2009-ish. But that, that era there, so sort of that- There was a lot of Middle games. 2000s is when it just, it went from- Oh, it's this thing that, you know, some people are into to suddenly Everyone's video games are part of the culture. Exactly. Like if you think about it, there was obviously in the early nineties and stuff, like you got Doom, Wolfenstein, all those the original first person shooters. Shit, but still fun. Yep. Because you had to search for ammo, search for secrets, that sort of thing. And then mid two thousand like mid two thousands is when they brought out this, oh, we'll just put everyone in a server and you can all shoot each other. Yeah. COD COD style and that just World at War and everything sort of blew it up. It really did. Halo, I mean, nothing can discount. I was PlayStation my whole life until I moved here in my 20s when I first got an Xbox. So I never was never around when Halo was a thing. I was never playing it. Mm. But you couldn't escape it because we live now where cross-play, it doesn't matter what you kind of buy it on. If you've bought a game, chances are... You'll be able to play it on You'll be able to play it with somebody. But you can't play... Halo on anything other than an Xbox or a PC. Yes. You can't cross over to PlayStation because they won't allow it. Except with the news that's happening currently. What do you mean? So I'm out of the loop here. All right. So Xbox has come out and I don't know. And when I say Xbox, we're talking about Microsoft. the corporation Xbox. Yeah, Microsoft. However, under Xbox, there's different parts of Xbox, which is separate things. Like Xbox Game Pass is a different division. Mm. So Xbox has come out and said that they want to, like, I guess, franchise game pass as a platform mm. and bring it to other first party developers which means now xbox hasn't really come out and said anything of what that means yet so there's nothing official official as with every video game culture on the internet they reacted quite moderately by people destroying their xboxes and saying that xbox was dead it's never going to be dead to me no well it won't be xboxes is behemoth they own Everything now in gaming, Microsoft does, <laughs> um, but it's looking like Game Pass. Will be, they're trying to sell that technology to other, so Sony essentially to bring Xbox Game Pass to Sony to allow first-party Xbox titles to be played in a closed ecosystem on other people's technology. Mm. But part of growing up was remembering whenever there was a new console or whenever there was a new thing, was having that discussion with your extended friendship group and by that meant your entire school... Mm. Which one you were getting? Are we are we going PlayStation or Xbox? Because Xbox was essentially, we buy Xbox for Halo. Yep. What was PlayStation's big draw across? You had PS- Killzone? PS3 had Killzone. Killzone was big. But it wasn't, wasn't as big as Halo. Which was essentially where PlayStation always ran was they were really, really good at making gaming hardware mm. all it did was play games yeah and it worked xbox always wanted to be this ecosystem mm. their big draw for gaming was halo but playstation's big draw was we have everything else and we're a good system yeah so it all at my school and probably around the world it was whoever got the development like heads up so during my era when that was the 360 the 360 was the one that everyone was developing games on so you got the 360 over the ps3 then when it was xbone and ps4 the ps4 got the upgrade they were the ones that were getting all the tiles so everyone went ps4 i didn't go ps4 until you moved here or until close to, to you moving here because me you and lukey went and bought my ps4 yeah 
and I got the Star Wars edition, which was dope. <laughs> yeah, which was dope. And it's still there. It's like literally behind you right now. Yep. I keep it here. I um I remember too, so accessing games has changed a lot since we started playing. So back back in our day, everything was you bought the physical mm-hmm. cartridge to start with, and the move to disc was massive. Remember early PlayStation One days? Mm. Some games, particularly Japanese RPGs, had multiple discs. Yeah. I remember the first time I ran into the Japanese style of game. Now, of course, everybody played Nintendo, which is a JRPG. Mm-hmm. But it's also, it's I never found it to be a gateway to the Eastern style of games. Like playing Pokemon never led me to play Drakengard or never led me to play Nier or anything like that. Pokemon was this own weird thing that I just played on a handheld and that was all I used my Nintendo handheld. So I had a DS, which had Nintendogs yep. and Pokemon. I had a, a new 3DS which played Pokemon. Pokemon, which and then I never got a Switch because I didn't want to play anymore Pokemon. <laughs> I got the Switch purely because I tra- when I travel for work, I needed something to take with me. The Switch was fantastic. We had a Wii. Mm. I remember having a Wii, and it was as I said, my family dynamic was interesting. Dad always wanted to make sure that we had new games and things to play, and Mum was always like, "Well, there is." why would we not buy the Wii instead of the PlayStation? Because this is $300 less and it has the same games. Mum being not a video gamer, not, not understanding realizing. that, no, it didn't. It that didn't. Call of Duty World at War on the Wii was its <laughs> own release that didn't have anything to do with anything else. So for that period, we had a PS2 for about four years into the PS3 life cycle because we bought the Wii and in my family's decision, mm. that was, well, that's the new console. That's the new console you guys are getting. So... Wii Sports, we played an absolute fuck ton of Wii Sports growing up. Mm-hmm. Boxing and baseball in particular started real fights. <laughs> Genuine actual fights. Lovely. But we played some other games on there too. We got a PS3 and we that's when we finally, I guess, got serious about playing games. What was interesting about us is we were in the country on a property, mm. which means online play never happened for us until we were adults. Yep. The first time we really started playing games online, my brother and I, was, I want to say like 2012 onwards, which is six or seven years into online gaming being the standard. So oh. we got Modern Warfare late. Yeah, well, I was the same because I had controlling parents that didn't want me playing online. Yeah. So I had the 360, but I had none of the online capabilities. Yeah, so it's such a weird thing, right, where it's like those early online days... Wasn't super part of. No, but I remember the first... So I got Halo 4 release night. Yes. And I my crowning achievement was by 4 a.m. I, I got home at about 12.30, got the game installed. By 4, 4 a.m. I was in the top 100 of Halo in Australia. Yeah, nice. Nice. I um, The games that I do remember spending an insane, insane amount of time on, though, in lieu of the online shooters, was Bethesda. Bethesda games are great. Bethesda games. Dude, Oblivion was the first one I did. Oh, Morrowind was for me. So you got into the one before me. Now, I've never done Morrowind. It's really hard to go back and replay, but it was a really, really good game. It was unique at the time. So those those Bethesda RPGs were magic. Straight magic. It was insane what you could do in them. Yeah, because I we we're both PC gamers now as adults, right? We still own consoles, but we both own gaming PCs. Well, I've had a gaming PC my whole life. Yeah, but here's things that I missed on that. 
ARPGs were a uniquely computer-based thing, and so were CRPGs. So Baldur's Gate, the originals, Tele, uh, Temple of Elemental Evil. On the consoles, we didn't have D&D games to play. No. We had Bethesda games to play, which were the best representation of a D&D kind of system on the consoles at the time. Mm-hmm. Dude, Oblivion was game-changing for me. It was... I remember making my first character and then having like 15 characters, you became the champion of the arena. You became like the head of all these guilds. It was fucking amazing. Then we got Skyrim. And Skyrim just blew it out of the water. I took a day off school from my small country town and I caught the only train to the big city on the 11th of November to buy the game and then I caught the evening train back just to get this game. Like... I don't wait in lines anymore as an adult. Like, if I go to a restaurant and there's, like, more than three people in front of me, I just eat somewhere else. I can't imagine in today's day and era catching a fucking train 100 kilometers to buy a game Mm -hmm. and reading it on the train on the way home. All the manuals, every drive on the way home was just opening the game and reading the booklet until you got got home. I've still got a lot of those booklets upstairs. And the maps. And the map. I've got the Oblivion map somewhere. I've got the Skyrim map somewhere. I've got the Red Dead map in the case still. But that's the one thing I miss about buying physical games. Like a great example is my Gears of War collection. I have Gears of War One. I have Gears of War Two Limited Edition because I didn't have a limited edition of Gears of War One. Otherwise, I would have bought it. Uh, the most expensive copy of Gears of War 3 with all the bits and bobs, the metal that came with it. I've got Gears of War 4 with the statue of Marcus's kid that came with it as well. Gears of War 5 is when they went digital and they didn't have any of that shit anymore. I was devastated. And, look, we are... I guess we're second-wave video game boomers, right? Mm. This is where we, we, we sit in. We were there when RuneScape was invented. We were there when WoW was invented. We were there when Call of Duty was invented. I, I played WoW for so long. I never did. I was such a WoW nerd until... So I've got every copy. So I bought WoW. I have a copy of Burning Crusade. I have. I obviously own Lich King, but I don't have the physical box. I have the physical box everywhere up until when I stopped playing it, which I want to say is Warlords of Draenor. So is that before I, Pandora? No, it was after Pandora. It was the one after Pandora is where I stopped yeah. because it's just so fucking expensive to play WoW every day and I had no life playing it. I um, For me though, so I have an interesting relationship with gaming and it, it, it does directly relate to my diagnosis of ADHD where gaming for me is one of the only sources of dopamine mm. that will like readily activate that in my, in my brain. But the problem is I also struggle with maintaining enjoyment in games. Mm. So big stuff like MMOs, I will slam for two weeks and, and I would it. never touch it again. So I've never been a big MMO guy. The two that I have, I guess, somewhat play would be Genshin Impact. Mm-hmm. I like that game simply because it, it, it's free. It's drop in, drop out. And yeah, it's a gacha game, but it also is like the fairest version I've ever found of one of those mm-hmm. where everyone will tell you, it's like, you actually don't need to spend a cent on this at all. But if you want to, you can spend it. Heaps of dollars on it. It's mm. choice. The other, or I guess, the other two, the one that I did play for the longest was Destiny Two. Oh and yeah. I guess the only reason I stuck at that so long is the shooting aspect was really good. It wasn't a click MMO. So it was a first-person shooter, and then ESO, Elder Scrolls Online. 
I tried to get in an ASO, but it was just so difficult. Yeah, and that's what I find. I've got like four characters who are all about the same-ish level, and you can track. I get bored around a level 12. Yeah, that's <laughs> about right. I got, so on WoW, I've got two, well, when I was playing two max characters, a rogue and a fucking wizard, and the wizard, no, not a wizard, I had a warlock, and I boosted it because I got a free boost when I upgraded the last one. So I was like, oh, I'll boost a warlock because I never played a warlock. That's all I've ever played is like damage characters. I couldn't play a tank. Tanks suck. I couldn't play a healer because fuck everyone else. Yep. I could only damage and then just beg for heals. Yeah. And I remember like it used to be really good at uni because it was me and a bunch of my mates just sit there and we play till fucking stupid o'clock in the morning just sitting in our lounge rooms on our laptops just playing fucking WoW and arguing about who's doing what and shit. It was fun, but I can't do that anymore. I'm too, too much of an adult. Yes. And that's also what's really hard about it too is... As we've transitioned into adulthood life, we still like playing a lot of the games we used to be good at. So, like, Call of Duty, big in my life. Oh, of course. Always always been a COD player. Essentially from Modern Warfare 4 onwards, mm-hmm. especially Modern Warfare 2, online COD play. Mm-hmm. I've never been good. and I've never I know. I know you've never <laughs> been good because you stole all my fucking kills. <laughs> yeah, I've, never been, I've, I've never been good, but can I'm we, Can we talk enough. about that day? Can we can we talk about that day where me, you, and your brother sat down? We put up, we set up all the TVs. We had we were just sitting in the lounge room playing COD all day. It was Black Ops two, wasn't it? Was it Blobs? It was Black Ops four, I want to say, yeah, or was, World at War. Oh, World War two. It was one of those two games that we played. It would have been, yeah, it's one of those two. It was one of those because those were the only two CODs I got into with you and your brother. And I remember me and Luke were doing terribly. We're like, what the fuck? We're shooting so many people. Why aren't we getting these kills? And then we get to the end of the game and you, motherfucker, had like heaps more kills than us. And we're like, this bitch has been stealing our fucking kills. He's been sitting behind us stealing our kills. Yes. Yes, I do. I um, We had heaps of assists, heaps of fucking assists for me and Luke, but no kills. And it was because you were sitting there with a fucking shotgun getting the last hit on. I. We threw shit at you. We were that mad. Look, in my defense... In my defense, scoreboard, motherfucker, I won. I he's, I still play Call of Duty. I own Call of Duty 3. I don't own Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, though. That's why I managed to like not get fucked over by this objectively cash grab of a game because I skipped the last couple. Mm. <laughs> so even though it's only full of old Call of Duty shit, I didn't own it already. So I've got to earn it all. It's fun, man. Look, I, I hate to be that dude. COD should not be the only game you play. It really should. It shouldn't be. If it's the only game you play, you are missing out on the greatest form of entertainment on the planet. However, a couple games, a few times a week, just to kick back on shipment, still fucking slaps. Oh, sh- anything still, on shipment slaps. Still good. Shipment, 1942, 24-7 at the end of World War II's run was some of the most fun I ever had. Because you just get the combat shotgun and you just sit there and just shoot people. And you just was, go. And you, you just go. I think me and your bro started just lobbing grenades at the start of the round because we could hit the other side of the field and we'd either get a kill or we wouldn't. Or you'd wound seven people and get easy kills afterwards. Exactly. It was great. I still play Call of Duty. However, to kind of, I guess, lead us down an interesting path is talking about absolute favourites, right? Because we're going to have more than one video game chat this year because we've got so much to talk about. And Josh is also a gamer. Josh and... A very talent. Josh is actually very good at video games. Like Josh is good at hard games. Yes, he he's finished Dark Souls. I too have finished Dark Souls, but he's finished all of them. Yeah, and like Elden Ring took him two weeks. Oh, I can't. 
I've got Elden Ring. I think I've played it for two weeks and still haven't progressed yeah, past I first boss. I haven't beat Market, and I stopped. It was my first Soulsborne game. I went, oh yeah, this is exactly how it was described. I don't like it. But talking about your all times, all times. So and games that you either go back and replay or purposely don't replay because you're not going to damage the memory. Well, purposely replay. I'm doing that right. I'm replaying all the Gears of War games. Just so good. Bring Gear Six out, remastered two and three. Like those games were just solid, fun games. Like I played through the remastered for one. I, it took me a night to do, and it's just it's a solid story shooter. It's a shooter. It's a cover shooter as well. It's like third person going to cover shoot. Your gun has a damn chainsaw on it as your melee. It's just top tier. Other favorites, of course, Doom, twenty sixteen, and Eternal, both solid. Shooters that are fun, RPG style. This one's hard because I love all RPGs. Skyrim's up there because it's probably the one I've dumped the most time into. Morrowind's really good. Just can't play it again because it's just it doesn't translate anymore. Yep. I'm gonna go Skyrim for RPG. I think there's not there's not another game. Oh. Maybe Fallout. Fallout 4 was pretty good. Yep. Fallout 3, phenomenal. What about the uh, the Bastard Child Fallout? New, New Vegas. Vegas. Oh, New Vegas is hard to get into. Oh, really? It's, uh, it's not oh, the same. Oh, man, that is, such, that is such a unique fucking Fallout opinion. It is. A, it is it's a, such a unique opinion in that because everybody says New Vegas was the peak and 3 and 4 are okay. See, I prefer three over New Vegas purely because I don't. I can't tell you why. I just I liked three more. It's a feeling. It's just a, it's feeling, a feeling I got with those games. What about you? What about your all-time favorite? And why is it The Witcher Three? Okay, so my all-time favorite is The Witcher Three. How did I know that? Um, anyone who knows me in real life knows that as soon as it becomes summertime in Australia, is Jacko's Witcher time to time. replay The Witcher Three. So this game came out in 2015. I have played it through front to back, all DLC. Every year since release, so it is what's a good that? Game. That is what five years plus. With this, would be my ninth year doing it. Mm. I love it. So for me, and this will sound really, really controversial, the Ubisoft formula, which The Witcher Three does technically follow. But you don't climb towers. Don't climb towers. It's not the tower climbing aspect about it. It is having a very, very wide, but very, very shallow open world. Yeah, and I know people hate that. But I have ADHD. I need story that is exciting. I need simple-ish but developing combat. I like characters. I like towns. I like getting lost in the world. I like getting lost in the lore. So The Witcher 3 is, I think, the best evolution of the light open world, light RPG storyline game. So my ones that follow under that, are games that get very, very close to that. So the modern run of Assassin's Creed RPG games, Origins, Odyssey, Valhalla. I'm actually playing Valhalla right now as they, well. They all sit as acceptable but inferior clones of The Witcher 3. They get close enough in all the areas that matter, and I really, really like them. I, um, I don't like stealth. My version of stealth is two machine guns. And what I like about those modern Assassin's Creed games is you don't have stealth, to stealth is optional, when you're good at it, it's fun. But you don't need to be good at it to be a master assassin. I love that. Mm. 
on that same note, Dragon Age Inquisition sits second to The Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. That game there was special. It was my first Dragon Age game, and it nailed it. It was enough RPG that you actually had to pick a class, pick a character, and roleplay a little bit. But it was also an open world, shallow, walk around, kill a bunch. Just nailed it. Storyline, super, mm-hmm. super good. So any games that sit under that umbrella... I'm going to enjoy. That means the new Hogwarts game I enjoyed quite a bit because it's it the same thing. It was good too. It was good. It was good. It it did nothing new. It didn't have to. It did really, really well. A game series that I know you like that you didn't mention, but again, very, very popular in our friendship group, Borderlands 2 and oh, 3. Fuck, I completely forgot yep. about them. They're, they're great. They're, some of my best times online have been playing Borderlands. Yep, Borderlands 2 in particular simply because it was, it was awesome. The one that I liked more was Borderlands 3 because it was the one I got on release and I got to play through it mm. with the community. Big fans of the Borderlands games. A role-playing, open-world, looter-shooter, not super deep, depth in the in the character builds, but it's not a game like Baldur's Gate 3 or Wrathrite, uh, like Pathfinder, which yeah. I do like those big, meaty spreadsheet RPGs, but they also take me a lot of time. It's not a switch-off yeah. game. So that's probably, like, my favourite is The Witcher 3, of course. Mm-hmm. It's always going to sit at the peak. And if you ain't picking Triss, the fuck is going on, son? It is... I'm going to leave that there. I've triggered a lot of people in the audience. It's Triss. When I'm at the villa in Corvo Bianco, it's it's me and Triss. Fair. And I'll tell you why. I'm, I'm happy to tell people why. I, too, am a fan of the big, mean, goth mummy that is Yen. However, too mean. <laughs> She's too, too mean. mean. She's too mean. I'm sorry. I, I'm with her. I'm like, man, if I knew someone like you, I wouldn't be your friend. That's <laughs> That's I can't do it. I can't do it. Other games that I have spent a long time playing have been the Total War series by Creative Assembly. Oh, they're so good. So I started with the original Rome like most of us did. Mm-hmm. That went to Medieval 2 Total War. Banger. Skipped a few. Picked up Rome 2. Rome 2 is probably Banger. my all-time favorite. Then I then, then stumbled onto a world. I was like, what the hell is this Warhammer Total War? Oh, God. Yeah, you I played War. Warhammer 2 Total War. Game changer. It's pretty good. Fucking now number three with the Immortal Empires campaign. Just stunning. Another game that I was, I still play the series, and I was even playing last night just for one of the all time quintessential gaming series Civilization. Oh, Civ another, another absolute banger, right? Civ yeah. Six, Civ Six, banger. Yeah, huge. So Actually, you know, now you brought into that management style. There, there's one style of game that tickles my autism more than anything else. Yeah, man. The sporting sport franchise management. As you've seen, I dominate those games. <laughs> Andy is like very, and I mean very good. Not only at just like figuring out how the mechanics of management work, but when the first FI management game came out, we bought it at the same time. At the end of maybe 10 hours playtime, you had a functioning team. Yep. And I think I was still reloading my first save for the first race because I didn't know what all the spreadsheets and the things <laughs> meant. Like, genuinely, the way your brain can handle those different data sets mm. a- and work it, mind-blowing. I can build a NBA team out of nothing on 2K. I can build... I've seen you do it with Super Bowl teams. I've seen you do it with wrestling franchise management. Oh, fuck, those games are great too. I've watched you do everything. Here's a game series that we both agree on that is so the opposite. Mm-hmm. Lego. 
Oh, those Lego games are so fun. Lego games have always been awesome. What was your first Lego game? Was it Star Wars? No, the, my first Lego game was actually Hobbit. There you go. Mine was the original Lego Star Wars. Actually, no, sorry. My Xbox 360 came with Lego Indiana Jones. That was my first Lego game. That was phenomenal. They're all good. There's not a bad one. No, there's not. They're all phenomenally well-designed games as well. They are games that you can play as a kid. They are games you can play with a kid. They're games you can play as an adult without a kid. And they're games you can play as an adult with another kid. They work. Like, the Marvel ones are all fantastic. The, the Batman Harry ones Potter are one, good. The Harry Potter one was fantastic. Harry Potter ones are awesome. And the, the new, new one. Star Wars one is just unreal. Awesome. It, it, weirdly enough, it's completely different from all the others. It's it's Lego 2, essentially. Mm. It's not Lego 1. We're now in Lego 2, the series. Yep. It's phenomenal. I've always played the shit out of the Lego games. And the best part is... If you like collectathons, they're that, a collectathon, that's, that's but they're not cool. hard. No, they're not. Here's a series that you should have bought up that I know you love, Arkham. Oh, bro, the, I was just thinking about because I got the Batman game there. Yeah, yeah. Batman games was just unreal. So, Arkham Asylum, you can finish that in a day, and I have finished that in the day. Awesome, awesome Saturday. I've got nothing on. Get your hands on a plate. Fantastic game. Arkham City, you can finish in two days. Collectibles included. Arkham Origins, not as good as the other two because it was developed by someone else, but still phenomenal. And then, of course, there's the piece to the resistance, the Arkham Knight game. That still slaps today. I'll play that every year. We're not talking about the Suicide Squad game. No, no. <laughs> that, that game don't exist. Okay. On that, live service games are a bugbear in the modern gaming industry, mm. but there are good live service games, and we've spoken about the good ones already. You said WoW, I said Destiny 2. Yep. They're the two best live service games around. Mm-hmm. D2 has had good expansions and bad ones, but overall, it's been a really successful live service, new content, play through the seasons. They, they've they got it right. There's been some really, really bad ones. Marvel's The Avengers was horrible. Oh, don't get me started on that one. But yeah, what are, we've talked about a few of our faves. To wrap up our first foray into talking about games, let's talk about some of the ones you don't like or games that you wish you could get into but have never been able to get into. Interesting. Okay, so I'm forcing myself to do this right now, but those RPG Assassin's Creed games, they're just compared to the Ezio classics, the even the Connor game. Yeah, 3 was my favorite from the OGs. Those those games were really good and they're just these these RPG ones are really difficult for me to get into. I'm trying. I've I've played through Origins. Yep. I've played through Odyssey and I've started Valhalla. It's I have to take breaks. You do. You, you just do they're... have to take a break, especially Valhalla, because they tried to do. They're like, look, we've taken out some of the the depth to it, but it was the wrong depth to take out. So yeah. Odyssey, where you had the actual talking to the NPCs and picking up the quest, even though there was more involved from the same level. That little aspect of involvement made you feel more connected to the characters. No, I, I agree. And this in Valhalla, I don't feel anything towards Eivor or Sigurd or any of them at the moment. But I've only just killed... Like, I've just got to Bagrad. Yeah. Getting King Bagrad to step down. That's that's where I'm up to at the moment. You know, probably a solid six hours into the damn game, though. I will, I will admit, Valhalla gets... You will enjoy the characters a lot more the more you play. Mm. However, it's a massive ask to do. Oh, yeah. I, I, I have set myself a limit. I make it through probably 
four hours of the game and then I take a break and play something else because it's just one of those things where I'm just like, fuck. Another one that you'll also be dis- probably disingenuous with with me, the Tomb Raider games. The, yeah, I'm a the, big the, Tomb Raider fan. I've I, I played through one recently and it was okay. I'm trying to get through Rise of the Tomb Raider. I can't. I ah, had to stop. I had to stop. I was the opposite. I, I got through one. And then with two hours, like, ah, this is what you guys were trying. I get it now. One for me was the struggle. Two and three have been. But one. again, it's it's that perfect. It's very similar to The Witcher 3 in that style yes, where it's. Which is why you like yeah. it. And I I like The Witcher. I played through The Witcher once. It's hard to replay The Witcher. Yeah. I just, for me, the way I describe The Witcher is like, it's like putting on your favorite comfy jumper where. I know it so well now. It's so familiar for me. And the story beats, even though I know them, the way they're done still have a payoff. For me, the games that I've always struggled to get into but always wanted to be really good at have been milsim games. So uh, military simulators, things like Armour, Operation Flashpoint, Mm -hmm. Ready or Not. I watch milsim YouTubers who have these awesome communities full of Discord members who can have a full server or role-playing their roles in those combat operations and they look super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but real-life warfare, to simulate it, the only way you can do it on a computer is make it clunky. Yeah. And the clunk of the controls and the or to bandage someone to get the, the ampule of morphine out that you need is seven clicks. Mm-hmm. I can't maintain my interest long enough to learn those skill sets to get into it, which is why, like Ghost Point Break, like uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint and Ghost Recon Wildlands or Slash Badlands, yeah, yeah, were really good because they looked and felt that way, but they were also really gamified and they were simplified for yeah, you, very gamified, very easy to play. So you you could pretend, but you weren't victimized by the spreadsheets I guess is the way yeah, that's I struggle with it. games that victimize me with spreadsheets you don't like anything with data in it. it it's hard it's hard to wrap my head around other games that I want to be good at and I love watching people play and describe them are hardcore survival games yeah things like Green Hell that look when you watch someone play it who's good at it it's amazing mm-hmm. and then when you play it you're like oh I can't fit that extra banana leaf in my backpack unless I, I can't be asked yeah I can't I, figure I can't, that out I can't I do. I, I like the idea of it. That's why I'm really excited for the Jurassic Park survival game that's coming out because it's a survival game on Jurassic Park in the first island just after the first movie. Yep. Fantastic idea. Gonna be dope. I hope it's good. I hope I'm good at it because it looks sick. I hope I like it. I hope I can stick with it. Other other things that I watch that I want to be good at that I'm also not good at, again, and it's another very big data game, but like Crusader Kings. Oh, I love Crusader Kings. Me too. Me too. And I've spent 100 or so hours across the series, right? Mm. But everyone says, played 600 hours, finished the tutorial. Yeah. It's it's a very in-depth It's game. impressive. Diablo 3, loved. Diablo 3 was good. Diablo 4, want to. I, I got want it. To. I got it with I my it. Xbox and I cannot play it because I got it's it. on Xbox. I've played... We'll see, I'm a... You hate this. I play it with a gamepad. You my should go jump off a cliff. I know. I know. You have a keyboard and mouse, and you yep. choose to play with a fucking. Yes, controller. I do every single time. <laughs> when when I can, I can. Um, it works better with fucking keyboard and mouse. It does. No, I'm not going to deny it. It does. It does. I just I'm so familiar with my gamepad. So I I really 
I feel like all of us wanted to like four because fucking that series was good. However, Halo yeah, three was such a good fucking time. If you're looking for something that is a good version of Diablo, Last Epoch is about to come out of early access in a week or two. It's good. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been playing a little bit like that. That's one of the perks of having ADHD and playing games is I buy a lot of them and play. Yeah, I've got like six hundred on Steam. Yeah, I, I play a little bit of a lot of so many games, so I know what I like. I know what I don't like. What is your to wrap this up? Let's go last recent few years. Yep. Recent few years, modern style gaming. What's the best game you've played in recent memory? In recent memory? Yeah, last few years. Oh. So, so what I'm essentially saying is no nostalgia, critical thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of recent games that have come out that I've enjoyed. I wanted to get into it. I did enjoy it, but it's very difficult. And that's Starfield. It's a Bethesda RPG in space. Everything says I should fucking love this game. It is good. It is fun. I don't know why I can't get into it. I'm the same as you. There's enough in there that I'm like, I this is because we just said early Bethesda was that's the most cherished moment. There's so much I like about it, and there's the, the parts I do enjoy about it. I do enjoy, but it's missing something, and I haven't figured it out yet. Maybe we're just old, mm-hmm. and it's us. Maybe we've aged out of the creation engine. Yep. Or what I think most likely is. It's a combination of the fact that we're aging out of childish storytelling and we've had some really good adult storytelling in games lately. Mm-hmm. And it's an aspect of the fact too that this, the, the story is very tell, don't show. Mm. And that magic of being able to just go in a direction isn't there. And that's that missing X link that when I'm flying my ship, I can fly it around at this skybox. Yep. Versus No Man's Sky that had a really bad launch but is now one of the best games made. Yep. No Man's Sky is phenomenal. Where it is truly, so I can just fly in this direction and I'll eventually hit something like, yeah, it might take you four days if you don't use your boosters, but eventually you'll run into the next planet. If they had that in it, that might make it. I'm going to say best game from recent memory for me and it is so cliched that I can't believe you haven't jumped down my throat about it. Cyberpunk. Fuck, I forgot. I just finished Cyberpunk not too long ago with Phantom Liberty. That's how you do it. Yes, the launch was horrible. The launch yes, was horrible. They dropped the ball completely. Yes. But they fixed it. Yeah, they did. They fixed it they fucking fixed it. hard. It's and they're still, so good. They just brought out the last patch not too long ago. They brought out the last, 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 last patch so long ago. Because remember, 2 was the last one. We're at 2.07 now, aren't we? Yeah, but I think this is the last major one. Yeah, which was really good. Again, Yeah, it's... So, story-wise... Awesome. Oh, it's fantastic. Now that I've played through it... Like, the, here's the thing that bugged me with it is no, none of the endings allowed you to go back. Every ending was an ending. I get that. I dislike that about too. I like I like games that allow you to continue on afterwards a little me bit. Me too. Narrative wise, I don't think they could have given you a soft way out without weakening everything about it. Like I can see why we we ended up where we did, but it would be so nice to be like, oh, and now. Is V afterwards that you can still kind of just wrap up some loose ends and there should have been a secret way to do it because that was what I really liked about Fallout 3 now that I remember it. Fallout 3, there was one way to continue after every other ending was a death sentence. Either you died or someone died and it was game over. But with with Cyberpunk, I had so many missions left and I was I was over it. At this point, I was like, I just want to finish it. 
I played through three endings because obviously I saved before I made my choice. I played through the the one with Phantom Liberty where you end up away for two years. Yep. Didn't like that. The the, the canonical good. Yeah, that's the canonical good, good ending, ending too, and I hated it because he still lived after it, but that was it. Because you still they didn't t- get to play, yeah. Yeah, you didn't get to play on it, but they took away everything and he just became another face in the crowd. Did like that aspect of it, but at the same time, I was like, fuck you, let me keep playing. Find a way to make a secret ending around this where I get to keep playing. Um, and also Pan Am, gone. Yes. I hated that. I yes, fucking hated on. that. They, they move on. Everyone moves on and there's no ending where you end up with Pan Am except for the one where you go off with the Reavers, but you're going to die in six months. Yes, yes. It, it is... It doesn't matter which way you slice at it. It's good. Like, the the gameplay is fun. Yes. It When you're walking around, it feels good. Like... Johnny was fun. Johnny was fantastic. Keanu Reeves did a really, really good job. I wasn't sold on him when I first picked it up. Yeah, same. PS4, but it turns out that it's one of those games where it's like, no, no, no. We know what we've made is worth you sitting through all of it so we can actually have real character development. Because Johnny right at the beginning... And he's the an asshole. You, and the things you learn about him, and you also learn that the memories he's giving you aren't the truth. Yeah. All of that's really, really good. The only thing I would actually chip the game on to be like, maybe turn it down a little bit, weirdly enough, is what 17-year-old me would have loved the most about it is, man, them first-person sex scenes are oh, bro. full on. <laughs> like, do you remember the first one you actually ended up and you're like, oh, I'm kind of wonder how the romance goes? Because we all love romance in games. Mass Effect had it the best where you watched a little bit of a makeout, maybe one or two booty shots, and then it moved on. Yep. It, this one. It gave us what we This, bro, there are sex scenes in it where it's like, first of all, fascinating to learn that people last that long. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But then you're, you're stuck in it with your eyes. There's been times where I've been playing in a lounge and then I'm like, I, I'm skipping this because I don't want anyone to know that I'm essentially watching hardcore porn for upwards of two or three minutes. Yep. Here's the thing though. 17 me and you. Would have loved it. Best game in the world. Yep. Because back in our day, a sex scene was watching a car bounce up and down from the outside. The old hot coffee mod. <laughs> yep. This one, now that I'm an adult, I'm like, you know what? Maybe we can leave some things up to the imagination. I agree. We're going to keep talking about video games. Next Correct. time we have Joshy with us, we're going to let him talk about it. because I'm sure he's got a lot to talk bro, about. It's RuneScape and. I'll tell you what yeah, Joshy's going to talk about. He'll be talking RuneScape. about RuneScape and some other games that he has happened to but play. But mainly RuneScape. Yep. Dude is fucking cracked at Twitch shooters. He is cracked at roguelites. Like... Where the dudes who like to sit down tell me the story. Josh is like, let me see min the max. code. Let me <laughs> min max this. Let me see the code that this game's made out of. I'll break it. Thank you very much for listening. I hope each of you are enjoying the new style of show we're putting out because I tell you what, it feels so much better to make it this way. Yeah, agreed. Um, and we will see you all very, very soon. Catch us. See ya.